Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. Join us each week as we bring you something new. Interviews with experts and inspiring guests and panel discussions where we'll bring in diverse perspectives about trending business topics. Whether you're seeking inspiration or a way to reframe your future, we're glad you're joining us for this week's episode of Pivot. Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. My name is Alexandra Balistrieri, and I'm here with my Pivot Discovery co-founder and Pivot co-host, Kimberly Tilly. And today we are continuing our series where we profile certain strengths. StrengthsFinder is an assessment based on a 40-year study created by the Gallup organization, and it's a common language of 34 talents in humans organized into four domains, executing, relationship building, influencing, and strategic thinking. If you're new to StrengthsFinder, we encourage you to listen to our season two kickoff episode with Monique Betty and Judy Spear, where we discuss what a powerful tool StrengthsFinder is for personal and professional development. Today's strength is learner from the strategic thinking domain. Strengths in this domain help individuals analyze the world. This is an internally facing strength. And learner ranks number two out of the 34 strengths in the world's population. The same strength is used differently from one person to the next, and this can be influenced by their other strengths, their values, environment, and so much more. And today we brought together a panel, all of whom have this strength in their top five, to talk about how they use this strength in their lives. But let's start with some introductions. Starting with Kiki, then we can move into Todd, Ashley, and Julian. Kiki, can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? Good morning, everybody, or I guess afternoon, sorry. I had my first cup of coffee not so long ago. I am a research assistant here at the San Francisco VA Hospital working for UC San Francisco Lab. And I have my master's in cell and molecular biology. I've been living in the city now for over nine years and have been part of the UCSF San Francisco VA family for close to eight years now across various labs. Awesome, thanks Kiki. And Todd, how about you? I'm Todd Benson. I also live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I am the head of customer operations at a company that helps transplant patients. We do a lot of testing that allows transplant patients to avoid a a painful biopsy. We have a number of other products that we provide as well. Very cool. And Ashley? Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ashley Wilkins, and I also live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I am a sales trainer at a biotech company, and I have the unique opportunity to create learning experiences for both new and existing employees. That's wonderful. And Julian. Yeah, my name is Julian, and I am born and raised in the Bay Area and currently living in San Francisco. I work in field marketing. It's a pharmaceutical company, and I focus on peer-to-peer education and congresses, along with a thought leader engagement. And then along with working in pharmaceuticals, I'm also a musician. That's fantastic. What a great group we have today. To give you all a little bit of background, which you may or may not already know, the learner strength needs exposure to new ideas. People who have this strength are always focused on improvement and knowledge gathering, and they really love to learn regardless of the topic. So they're motivated by opportunities to share their growth 
new things to try to figure out and exposure to new information and experiences. So let me ask our guest, beginning with Julian, how does that description resonate with you? And when do you notice that you're using Learner? I think the, the main times that I notice when I'm using it is really when or I kind of notice the Learner light going off in my head is when um, I start hearing new ideas come up at work or like the, the inklings of new ideas or processes coming up. And then I immediately know like, oh man, that sounds really cool. I want to sink my teeth into that. And I really feel like that kind of goes into the focusing on improvement, whether it's with myself or with our team and our initiatives or with like the knowledge gathering. I kind of, I feel like a light going off where I'm like, all right, I want to learn more about this new initiative we're kind of thinking about doing and I want to help push it forward. That's really neat. So a lot of times I think people are scared off by new ideas, but not learners, definitely not learners. So that's really cool. Let me ask Ashley, what about you? How, how does this resonate with you? I would say that the definition definitely resonated with me as well as the idea of getting excited about ideas as Julian shared. One thing that I thought about as you were reading the description, Kimberly, was this notion of curiosity and inquiry. And I feel like that truly drives my learning. And that's one of the one of the ways that learning manifests within me. I'm always the person who will ask a question or things of that sort. And in terms of when I notice that I'm actually leveraging the strength, I wouldn't say that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm tapping into my learner strength. It's not until after a completion oh. or a project is done, while, will I look back and connect the dots like, oh, okay, well, my curiosity about a certain topic led me into this direction or what have you, but it goes back to inquiry. So I, I lead with learning in all facets of my life, whether it's with my career, personally, or, or even spiritually. Well, it sounds like that's also what you do for a living too, right? You work with the learning part of the company that you work with. It, yeah, absolutely. And I like to say it's the perfect marriage of both career and play because I love learning and I get to empower others through learning, right? That's so uh, neat. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Ashley. Kiki, what about you? How does that description resonate with you? And, and when do you notice that you're using it in your life? So, yeah, I think similar to what Ashley and Julian talked about, about being curious and always wanting to learn or like the ideas going off. I mean, my, my title, I'm a scientist, right? And so there's this natural inclination to be curious about the world, to be curious and have a million questions popping off in my own head, as well as listening to other people who have brilliant ideas also. And as far as uh, what was the second part of the question? It's when you use it in your own life. Like, when do you notice that you're using it? Oh, when I notice it. So I'll notice that, you know, I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm you know, utilizing this strength. <laughs> I didn't really know that there was a metric for this until I took the, the test. But when I am being asked a question by either my bosses or like collaborators that we work with, or there's something that came up in a meeting and I just... I don't know anything about that topic and my desire to write that down in my notes and after the meeting, then, you know, run and go to Google, go and look up that topic, go read about it. I know that at least in my workplace environment, that's when I notice it going off. But even just from like my day-to-day -day perspective, um, my personal tagline from 
like all my different social media has been in the bio notes. It's always been curious and curiouser and that's all there is. And it's sort of a nod to like Alice in Wonderland and just always being curious about my environment. I think I just have always kind of known that I'm a lifelong learner, no matter if it's within academia or learning how to cook a new recipe or how to uh, fix this little scratch that I made on my roommate's car or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love the nod to Alice in Wonderland too. She's one of my favorites. Okay, Todd, what about you? What do you think? Well, a couple things. I, I will mention one that's outside of work. I I can be an absolute nerd on the weekends. You know, and my wife laughs at me. I decide that, you know, for a while I was looking on YouTube at documentaries on ancient Sumerians because I wanted to learn about ancient cultures. More recently, it was like, oh, I wanted to learn. I don't understand too much, even though I have graduate degrees in U.S. history. I was like, I don't remember too much about the Seven Years' War in the 18th century. So I'm finished two episodes of a four-part series that's saved on YouTube on that. You know, whether it's music or whether it's, you know, art or whatever the topic is, uh, some science topics. I finished a documentary on CRISPR recently, for example. I just I enjoy learning for learning's sake. It's just a lot of fun to learn new things and understand new things. And the other thing I, I would say, and this is more work related is, and this helps, you know, I, I lead a team at my day job and it helps with this. I'm genuinely interested in getting to know people and people's stories and people's backgrounds and what makes people tick and what motivates people and just getting to know people. So that can be helpful, I think, um, from a work perspective, because I just want to learn about, you know, what's going on with people and what experiences they have had that that can be, for me, that's one of the most things I most enjoy about work is getting to know people and uh, finding out what's going on with them. I bet that's a blend with some of your relationship building skills. So some of that learning is, is aimed in that direction about getting to know people. Yeah, it fits, it fits together well. Thanks, Kimberly. I was thinking the same thing and I really like that humanizing touch that it kind of puts on the learner strength. So people definitely use the strength differently, as we just heard, but we do see some common themes, such as when you guys hear something new, you want to learn more about it. Um, Learners are naturally really curious. They enjoy listening to new ideas, no matter how diverse, and they're pretty much lifelong learners. So people with learner often establish ingenious programs and services to help others. They thrive in new places because they learn quickly and they are great at preparing others for future and building their confidence. Todd, how has the learner strength benefited you personally or professionally? A couple of things. One, I, I just mentioned the uh, getting to know people on my team and, and there's nothing that my biggest source of probably satisfaction in my career has been people that I work with who, you know, can help grow and develop. And so they can learn and move on to the next thing. And whatever way I can do that, I just really enjoy doing that because I love learning. And, you know, when somebody who's reported to me gets promoted or something, I'm I'm just, that's the best thing ever. The other thing is, and this goes, I think, Julian, to something you said earlier, is learning new approaches to things, whether that's how to lead teams and researching, you know, where I'm reading, where new ideas come from. There are ways in which it's beneficial in terms of being as effective as I can be on the job. So as an example of that, I recently hired a consultant and it was, who who was very skilled in what he was doing. And I actually, because of some deadlines, I had to work over, you know, over days I was scheduled to be out on vacation, which was a little bit of a, a downer or bummer, but 
what the consultants started sharing with me ideas about how you would communicate to senior leadership and a different approach to doing it than we would had tried. And I got all excited about this because this one, it could benefit me too. It was just interesting, uh, you know, approach to communication. And so I, I ended up not minding at all spending this time for my vacation because there was something that one, it was just learning for learning's sake, oh, a different approach. And also then there are ways that I could be more effective in my job in terms of how I communicate with people. It's all around effectiveness, just enjoying things that come up at work when I learn as well. That's great, especially there's a lot of commitment there that you're willing to learn for learner's sake on your um, vacation time. <laughs> so Tiki, what about you? I come from a non-science background. I basically pivoted my life kind of early, um, just to throw that in there. And when I first started off in this, this journey of branching out into science and you know, taking science courses and doing research and just being thrown into the world of healthcare, I think having the strength of learner without even knowing that I had that was beneficial to me because I wasn't afraid to ask questions or ask for help from people that I knew that had these skills or had previously done an assay. An assay is just an experiment or, or asking for people, asking for help from people who knew protocols that were in place that I didn't. I think that desire to learn quickly because I was thrown into this role from you know, an early, early stage, one of the girls who was working in my position previously, and this is an old, old lab that I was working at, she moved on and left the lab. And I had maybe shadowed her one day. And all of a sudden, after she left, my boss at the time was like, uh, so yeah, you're going to be learning to do these experiments. And I was like, well, I've only watched this girl do it one time. I mean, like, theoretically, I know what to do physically, but like, I don't understand all the science and what do I do if I troubleshoot? Like, I, I just don't have these skills yet. So I think having the learner quality of, okay, I know so-and-so in this other lab who has nothing to do with cardiac research, but knows the, the technique that I'm looking for. Let me go and ask them how it's done and just take notes. And I think I spent outside of work hours looking up on YouTube, reading papers, asking other friends who are in different science labs, how they did things just to personally like compare notes and see if I was on the right track. So I think that's how it's been the most helpful is not being afraid to jump right into something new, even though I had zero clue how to do something. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You were able to jump right in and quickly teach yourself. And I love what you said earlier about, you know, how asking questions really helped you gather more information and learn more. What about you, Ashley? I, I was actually having a conversation with a friend the other day, and I referred to my strength as a learner as my lucky talisman. For me, I have just an eclectic background, which spans within retail, the academia or the education space, health and fitness, as well as now biotech. And I think that my ability to thrive in those areas really is attributed to my ability to learn and my hunger for it. And just the excitement and enjoyment that I get just to learn. I would say that in my last trans transition, which was from retail to biotech, I had a steep <laughs> learning curve um, just because I had to learn about the business as well as learn about the role. And I really hone in into that learner strength 
one thing that I would say about learners is that we have a, I guess you would say a stamina um, that is unrivaled when it comes to learning. So just as Kiki mentioned around, you know, finding different resources, whether it's people or looking on things at YouTube or, you know, reading an article is that hunger to find the information that you need in order to be successful. And that's exactly what I did. I, you know, worked, of course, during hours and after hours, not because I was asked to, but because it actually excited me to do those activities and to learn a little bit more of how can I really gather all the information that I need to be able to apply so I could show up more confidently and effectively in my role. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, most people that don't have learner in their top five could maybe shy away from making such a big pivot like that, um, such as going from retail into corporate, but you certainly leveraged your strengths there to benefit you. And lastly, Julian, what about you? How has the learner strength benefited you either personally or professionally? I'm just going to echo kind of what everyone's been saying already is this learner has really helped in the sense that I'm always willing to take on new projects and go into new areas. And it's really helped me meet new people because anytime someone needs help with something, and if it's something I haven't done before, whether or not I care about the topic, I'm like, oh, I want to, I'll totally help you with that. We can figure it out or I can learn more about it. One example is, I got asked to help out doing our employee handbook. And of course, I know nothing about that. And I'm not in HR, but I'm like, sure, I'll help out. And I'll learn about vacation hours and maternity, paternity laws and stuff stuff like that. I'm just kind of dig, dig in there just because the learner strength, I get a lot of energy just trying to dig my teeth into some of these things and just getting more information regardless of the topic. I was laughing, Ashley, when you were talking about the unrivaled stamina Because on the music side of what I do (laughs) in my other life here, there are certain topics and categories where the learning is infinite. You can go on forever. And music is definitely one of those things. So being a learner, has having that strength has really helped me have the stamina to keep pushing and keep exploring these topics that really don't have any end to them. So it sounds like the learner strength has really helped you take on new projects. And I want to call out meeting new people. I'm hearing that theme come up a lot amongst you guys. You're, you're not really afraid to meet new people and explore and leverage their expertise to learn new things. Definitely. In coaching, we often talk about underused and overused skills. In learning, an underused skill might just be not having the new opportunities to learn. But when it's overused, sometimes the learner strength might appear to be overly bookish or not focused on results. So I'm curious if any of you have ever found you needed to manage your learner strength, and if so, how you do that. Kiki, could we start with you? Absolutely. So it's funny that you say that the whole perspective of it might the strength might actually come off as like being unfocused in certain ways or having your hand in too many pots. And for me personally, I think I just thrive off of like not only doing a lot of things at work and diving into things that I don't know at work, but I'm constantly doing all these other side projects, you know, whether it's art or music, or I just, I'm always doing something random all the time. And growing up, my mother has oftentimes warned me you know, hey, you need to stay focused. That's always been something that she kind of has said. 
And to me, I'm like, but I am focused. I just happen to have all these other things open at the same time. So I think maybe it's like a, a perspective of the learner, the person who has learner strength and the person who doesn't. I think oh, it's just two separate timelines. Like to me, I think, yeah, I have my hands in all these different things and maybe they're not getting done in the same timeline that if someone say does one thing at a time versus me where I am doing constantly, like I literally like 10 different things at the same time, it might come off as, I don't want to say weakness, but it's not focused. So it's, it's very interesting that you brought that up. I have heard that from my own mother. Um, <laughs> other, you know, other people in the workspace haven't really said that to me either. Maybe they, I'm just doing such a good job of keeping things, I don't know, up to task at, at work. And it appears as if I'm, I'm doing all the right things at work, but then maybe my mother sees me doing both things. And so she's kind of like, you need to stay focused. You need to stay focused or, you know, just do school or just do work. And I'm like, but I want to do work and school and play and do this. and do music. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So it sounds like for managing it, you're just, cause you're able to explain it very easily. You know, what's going on with you that you, yeah. you are focused, but you're just focused on a lot of different things. Yeah. And I, I think it might be that, you know, I open up to my mom and my, my mom is one of the only few people who knows everything about me you know people at work might not know this other you know life that I have and if they were to hear how many different things that I do including work their job might drop like how can you manage to <laughs> still be on top of it at work and do all this stuff but to me I'm like that's just that's just the part of the fun is learning all these things and doing all these things and growing in other areas not just at work okay kind of like Alice in Wonderland again with like all the different <laughs> rabbit holes right exactly <laughs> the theme of stamina ring through loud and clear oh, yes. yeah. on this panel. <laughs> I mean sometimes I look back and I'm like I do not know how I had the energy to do especially when I was in my in my master's program like I had four different jobs was in my program and was doing research and still trying to maintain some semblance of my creative um, expression so that was really challenging but I'm living proof that you can do it all Yes, that is really cool. Todd, what about you? Have you ever found the need to manage your learner strength? Either you're feeling like you're not getting to use it enough, or maybe you're you're overly reliant on it? Yeah, and I just echo what Kike said. For me, earlier in my career, there was a point at which I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I would, like, well, what, what if I try this out? I'll, let me learn about this. And I would pursue a particular career path for a while and then I learned what I needed to and then I would kind of move on to the next thing and I, I wasn't very focused. Half the fun for me was just learning about well, what does this role do or what do you do if you do this and so that's something I always have to, to watch about and make sure that I'm being that I can focus. I mean I think the downside to being a learner is you can end up being kind of a dilettante at times at least that it has been for me. The other thing and this is can be a challenge is and this is more related to the strengths of a learner, but you know, at, at work, if I find myself not learning or doing things, kind of the same things, I can get bored fairly easy, get distracted sometimes. So, and that hasn't been so much of a problem. It's just something that I, I noticed that in, in my career that has been the case. And so focus and not just going in 19 different directions at once is something for me that, that is, I have to keep an eye on because if I don't keep an eye on it, I could end up that way. 
It's interesting too, you mentioned not getting a chance to learn enough. It could make things seem very stale to somebody who has the learner strength. Exactly. That, that, and that's been my experience. I've, you know, uh, my wife says, yeah, you get bored really easily. That is definitely, definitely something I need, need to, to keep an eye on as well. Cause you know, there are, there are things at our jobs that we need to do that are, are, we regularly need to do. And that's just part of the world. So that's just something to, to keep for me as well, to keep an eye on. Very good. Okay. Ashley, uh, what about you? Have you ever found that you had the need to, to manage your learner strength either by finding more opportunities to use it or by finding opportunities to rely on your other strengths and, and manage it that way? I have a overactive learning strength, I like to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do feel, you know, I love the saying that everything's good in moderation. And to me, this is such a great strength, but it could be a double-edged sword if it's not managed. And for me, on the professional side of things, because most things, whether it's projects or what have you, are time-bound, I'm able to leverage the strength appropriately. Now, when it comes to just personal goals that I would like to achieve for myself, that's where I run into challenges because let's say that I'm trying to learn a certain skill. I love looking at different ways to approach how to develop that capability. But I think what the challenge is, is sometimes I'm so involved and engrossed in the learning process that I don't act because I'm still in the process of information gathering um, and trying to figure out, you know, what is good enough for me to actually act and engage in those activities that would help me to build the skill. And when I do, it's like, okay, I haven't mastered this skill. There's still more for me to learn. So I think that for me, I have to set personal boundaries for myself or timelines for myself in terms of Okay, so if there's a goal that you want to attain, you know, what are the many milestones that will help you attain that goal? And of course, like the whole learning process, discovery, you know, making sure that you do the experiment and actually apply the skill and then iterate, all of that is baked in. And I know that sounds so routine, like so regimented, but I, similar to my uh, colleagues on this panel, you could go down a rabbit hole because you're so you're so just in flow, just learning that it could prevent you from actually acting or achieving that objective that you want to achieve. Ashley, I'll just point out too that one of I think your number one strength is achiever. And so for somebody whose goal is getting things done, and then they also have this really strong learner strength, you really do have to be able to manage it because you want to act always, but then your learner never really feels satisfied that you know everything that you could possibly know about something and that you have just this optimal level of knowledge. So it's really interesting to see the way that those two things play with each other. I I mean... You couldn't have said it better myself. And I think that's those two strains are what allow me to find balance. But definitely my learner wants to come out in full force and say, no, I mean, I mean, what about the goal? Is that really important for the learning, <laughs> the process of learning? Is that what is most fulfilling? So that's an excellent point that you brought up, Kimberly. Yeah, I think that that probably really like, propels you on to success. That's really cool. 
Julian, what about you? Have you ever found that you're not finding adequate opportunities to learn or that you feel like maybe you're stuck in this learner mode where it's like you're not being able to move on or use your other strengths? I think I get stuck in the learner mode. And kind of like what Ashley said is, I find this actually more in my personal life more than in my work scenario. So like I get so focused on learning certain things that I don't actually like do the task I set out to do. So like, let's say I'm trying to fix something on a car or like on a motorcycle or something like that, like a simple task. I have to learn about like in detail how everything works. And then I have to like Google all of the best options (laughs) and then evaluate those options. And then I end up kind of going down this rabbit hole. And now I have 9,000 Wikipedia pages open with a million YouTube videos half watched, you know, six months later, I still never fix the water pump or something like the the simplest thing. And in that same vein, I actually feel like I, I find myself wasting time a lot. Like, it's like, you know, a weekend, I have a bunch of things I need to do. And like here, I'm watching like a two hour documentary on like clown snakes or something ridiculous. And I'm in the middle of it. And I'm like, what am I doing with this information? Like, why, why am I learning? Like, I'm, I'm having fun. and I'm enjoying it. But I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't need this right now. <laughs> so sometimes I get caught up in that a lot. For people who have a lot of those strategic thinking themes, one idea triggers another and you end up in this never ending loop of learning about things that are related and then not so related. But it's really neat. That's what makes people with learners so interesting to talk to. Just great. Thank you very much. This has been such a fascinating conversation. Could we go around the room and share a tip on how to successfully interact with people, whether it be at work or how to live with someone who has the learner's strength in their top five? Todd, why don't we start with you? That's a great question. I I think for me, when we were talking earlier, Kimberly, you were talking about, you know, relationship building as well. So somebody who is willing to, to share, you know, something about what's going on with them. And, and I'm just really interested in, you know, what's happening with somebody, you know, when I actually, you have the, you know, sort of casual conversation at work, how are you, you doing? What's going on with you? I'm actually really interested in that. It's not just a throwaway line for me. Most of the time, if I'm not rushing from one place to another. And so, so, you know, interacting with a learner. And then from the standpoint of at, at work professionally, or uh, it's, you know, providing opportunities, you know, for people who, who, who lead others at work or, or have, have the opportunity to provide, to provide additional learning. You know, development is super important at, in the workplace. And it's especially important for learners to be able to have opportunities to develop. So, so that would be my, my advice for people who, who can, influence that or who can, who want to sort of mentor or work with people who are learners is, you know, give them those opportunities on a regular basis. And then at times it might be to the conversation earlier about going down rabbit holes, be aware that you might need to, you know, coach people sometimes to, to finally say that enough research is enough and move forward with actually whatever the task is to Ashley and Julie, Julian's point earlier. So that would be my, my suggestion on that. That's great, Todd. Thanks so much for sharing. And Ashley, what about for you? Todd brought up really great points, all the points that I wanted to touch upon. I will say a couple additional things. 
have patience with learners. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, we're very intentional in what we say. We want to speak from a, a truthful place, which is why we want to gather 15,000 articles of information so we, so we can make an informed decision. But I will also say is give us opportunities to share what we know as well. And I think that goes back to what Todd brought up, opportunities to showcase our strength or to learn a new skill or to partake in a, a challenging project would be meaningful for the learner. And I would say the last piece of advice would be to check in on your learner. The theme that was woven during today's podcast was we love to delve into so many different things. And if you allow us, we will delve into a lot more, even though our bandwidth is stretched. And typically, a learner will enjoy doing those things. But I also like to caution and I I have to give this advice to myself sometimes. You can't be a jack of many trades and a master of none. So helping your learner to prioritize what is meaningful for you to achieve whatever developmental goals or what have you will be truly helpful for a learner. I love the genuine enthusiasm you guys have for such a diverse set of topics. And what about you, Kiki? I think Ashley and Todd both hit the nail with the topic of mentoring and not just getting or having good mentorship, you know, as a learner, but I think, like they said, having opportunities to showcase. I truly love mentoring younger people. I just get a kick out of like teaching them the things that I've learned because to me, I've spent so much time, you know, learning all the different ways, learning the processes. And what I love to do is to like have the system streamlined for the next person so that they don't have to go through that suffering and trouble. I mean, I loved it, but it might be a suffering and trouble to a newcomer or like a a greenie that just graduated from college and who has no idea how to do X, Y, Z in the lab because I've had to be frustrated and learn on my own a lot of times, or I've, you know, taken it upon myself to learn and ask other people to make something so finesse that it's, it's just easier for someone's their experience as they go through the motions that I, you know, may, may have taken me months to do, but I can hopefully give them like a week worth of that so that they can spend the rest of that chunk of time doing things that are more important, you know, instead of going down our rabbit holes of researching and having 164 (laughs) Google tabs open. And I mean, man, talk about hoarding. I am a digital hoarder. I have so many tabs that I still have yet to get to. And I, sometimes I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to get to that, but (laughs) one day. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing I would like to add is if, if you're in a workplace and you have learners in your workplace, checking in and on them is crucial because the times that I have felt things are super rote or I'm not feeling supported, it's because that's exactly what's happening is I've, I've tapped out of the things that I can learn from whatever it is that I'm doing or the experience. And I just, you know, I'm craving a new project or like something challenging. And it's just so important from a learner's perspective to be able to have the opportunity, even if it's not directly in my, you know, job title. Like if it's just a little thing that I, that will challenge me that I have nothing, no experience with, but it'll be helpful to the workplace overall. I'm willing to do it. But if, 
there is no check-in to see, oh, how are, how are things going? Like, are you getting everything that you need out of, you know, your work? Then, you know, it's, it's just a, a lose-lose situation. You're, they might be losing out on the opportunity for someone like me who is a go-getter and willing to do something. And I might be losing on the opportunity of learning something new. You know, I've never really thought about this until until now, as I'm hearing you guys talk about your experiences having the learner strength in your top five, but you guys seem to be like natural problem solvers and you get excited about taking on new challenges as well and just learning about something something new, I guess, is the bottom line. And what about you, Julian? Actually, I kind of really like what Todd said, right, when he, he first kicked off the question about like when interacting with people on a basic level, people ask simple questions like, how are you doing? Or what might be what might be considered small talk. But I think people that are learners really like to dig their teeth into information. So if people are willing to like go in depth on how they're doing or how the day is or what they did over the weekend or stuff like that, I think learners are really there to listen and stuff like that. And they're way more willing to engage with you in any sort of environment if you're giving them something meaty to talk about. That's my high level tip. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for that. And well, that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Our guests today have been Kiki Spalding, Ashley Wilkins, Julian Balistrieri, and Todd Benson. More information about the show and our guests is available in our show notes. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and leave us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference in the number of people who see and listen to this podcast. Yes, please do rate and review us. And thank you guys so much for joining us again. We look forward to seeing you next week when we'll highlight a new strain. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Pivot Podcast. Join us next week for a brand new show and another exciting panel. We'll see you then.